Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Happy, happy Father's Day to all you great dads out there. Dads who are just brand new first-timers, dads who are old-timers, dads who are stepdads, dads who play the role of dad even if they don't formally have the title. We are grateful for all the wonderful fathers that show up on this earth. I am a grateful girl and daughter of Tom Smith, my dad, who I'm so grateful is still here, and he's still a wonderful father, still gives sagely advice and lots of encouragement, lots of love. And I'll tell you what, that's that makes for a a really uh, a blessed childhood and then beyond, obviously, uh, to be able to have a father in your life. And for those who don't, we we just hope and, and pray that you have found somebody who has been a wonderful mentor and uh, guidance to you throughout your life, because it is Father's Day today, and we honor that special man. So today, in, in honor of that, uh, I am very grateful to have a funny dad on my show. Uh, in fact, Bob, my producer, just said, I would call the kind of jokes he does dad jokes, but I called them very punny. Either way, he is one of the funniest. His name is Jerry Zezima, and he has a new book of six of them. His latest is One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and Immature, Even if You're Really Old. (laughs) And I just loved that, Uh, kind of related to that, if you know what I mean. It's a page turner in the sense that you just you laugh from one page to the next. He is he's a columnist uh, for not only national newspapers and and journals, but uh, around the world as well. He's done TV. He's done radio. He does speaking tours, but he's an extremely funny man and a funny dad. So Jerry's Ezema today to bring us joy on Father's Day. And we also want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to uh, not only balance of nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule, but to the great dads I've met in that company. Dr. Douglas Howard is the gentleman that founded and formulated balance of nature a few decades ago, and he is such a force for good and good health and love. He has five kids, and believe it or not, I believe it's up to 26 grandchildren. I may be overshooting it, but they just had three more in the last two months. So I want to say happy Father's Day to Dr. Douglas Howard and to his son, Lex Howard, who just had one of his sixth baby, and he is the CEO of Balance of Nature. And I love watching them in action with all those beautiful kids and with their wives. They are truly um, the epitome of what it means to be a good dad like my own, too. So grateful to Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule, because we all need uh, what Dr. Douglas Howard says is the triad of health, which is not only the good nutrition that you find in Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies, but you also need the spiritual and emotional side uh, and also uh, just keeping your physicality up as well. These are the three things that Dr. Douglas Howard always brings home when he is giving one of his lectures or writing um, or doing any one of a number of appearances. So that triad of health in, involves the spiritual and emotional, he says, the nutritional and the physical. And it's so true uh, that when one of the prongs is out in the chair, it collapses. And so even though a chair has 
four legs in general, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but the balance of nature, um, well, it gives me peace of mind. Isn't that interesting? In addition to the 31 fruits and vegetables that are in the capsules, I mean, 31, that's the variety you get of the produce that are in the capsules. But it also gives me peace of mind. The peace of mind comes from knowing that you are doing something nutritionally really good for your body. You get a really, I don't know about you, but I get a bad feeling when I'm not taking care of myself. If I'm eating the wrong kinds of foods, I'm not exercising, um, you know, eating too many sweets and just things that aren't great for me, I I start to feel guilty. And then that brings you down emotionally. And so that's one of the sides of it. But when I take balance of nature, I really, truly feel like I'm doing something good for myself. And I can feel it too on the physical side, because I feel way more energetic. I feel like my immune system is boosted. I feel healthy and, uh, you know, ready to take on uh, the world. And and it's just an incredible feeling of balance in all areas of your life, thus balance of nature. And you can get on that track for yourself today. It's never too late to start. I know people in their 90s on it. My own parents are both on it in their 80s, and they absolutely swear by it. My father does not get colds anymore. He did for all the years in his life, started taking balance of nature. And lo and behold, he doesn't get colds anymore. And it's that's a huge thing for our family. But there are people that take it as young as, well, babies, because uh, women take it uh, during their pregnancies because it's a natural prenatal vitamin because of the variety of 31 fruits and vegetables that are in it, all the nutrients, natural, the way the world and God intended them to be, which is in natural produce, fruits and vegetables. So for this wonderful product, uh, be a, be somebody that's not only healthy for yourself, but healthy for your family and get on balance of nature. Three and three capsules a day is what starts you off. I personally take six and six a day because I just find that that makes me feel really, really good mental clarity and keeps me going. Uh, but you can get 35% off if you make sure that you put Laura, my name, into the promo code. That's what you get. Um, they want to offer that to my listeners. So 35% off your first preferred order um, when you call in and free shipping um, when you do. So that's a, a great savings. Just put Laura into the promo code L-A-U-R-A. All right, then. And when we come back, the funny man, Jerry Zezima, don't go away on Father's Day. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, for our Father's Day edition this week, I'm so excited to have somebody on who I've rescheduled so many times because I was really waiting for the right day to have Jerry Zezima on because he's just so funny and you'll laugh hysterically and I want you to be able to enjoy this. And I thought, well, what better day than Father's Day? Because he has written so much about family life. I, you feel like you know him when you read his books. Jerry Zezima, he comes from the Stanford, Connecticut area. He's currently living in Long Island with his wife, Sue. He's a dad to two girls. He's got five grandkids, a slew of animals living and deceased. And he has written six 
books, and they are all very humorous. He has a humor column also for the Tribune News Service, um, which distributes it to papers nationwide and abroad. He says uh, that it takes journalistic, um, well, it just takes it to an all new low, as he puts it. Um, but he, I'll let him explain exactly all he's done. He's done a lot of TV and radio, and I'm just so grateful to have the very funny Jerry Sesima. We're going to talk a little bit besides Father's Day and life in general and all he's done, but his latest book, One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and Immature, Even If You're Really Old. Jerry, thank you so much for being on the way home. Well, you're very welcome, Laura. Thank you uh, for having me on and lowering your otherwise high standards to uh, ask me to come on the show. Not at all. I have to tell you, I mean, if somebody wonders if somebody can really be prolifically funny, like all the time, every single email I got from you, and I hadn't even met you yet, made me laugh. I am telling you this new book, I am sitting by myself in my house, and I am laughing out loud, so loud that I have a new puppy who's kind of staring up at me like, what did I get myself into by being adopted by her? And I have two cats who ran and hid. I have never laughed so hard. I don't think I've laughed that hard at a book since I read Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints when I was five years old. That it's same kind of humor totally blew me away. Jerry, you're hilarious. Tell me all about yourself and your career. Well, um, I, I knew what I wanted to do when I was in high school. A lot of people though, take a long time to figure out what they want to do professionally with their lives. I knew what I wanted to do in high school. I wanted to write. And my decision could be encapsulated in one word, algebra. I could (laughs) never do algebra. I was always really good in subjects where you didn't have to know the answers, like English composition. So um, I was the class clown. And I said, how can I parlay this into a career? And I read my hometown paper, the Stanford Advocate, and I read um, Art Buckwald and Irma Bombeck, the famous humor columnists. And I said, that's what I want to do. It would be like, you know, doing stand up comedy, except you don't have to show up, which is very convenient. Or stand up. Or stand up. Right. Um, Because my feet get sore. So I like to sit down. Course, you I just reminded that. me of those writers, and it just seems like such a blast from the past. And Irma Bombeck was so funny, and uh, females, it kind of along the veins, it reminds me a little bit of a, a like a cleaner version of maybe Joan Rivers or something. But that it's a yeah. special type of humor. So one thing is for you to de- decide to to write, you know, humor, but another thing is to to actually have the humor and to be funny all the time. And your book, I swear. Every line, I'm laughing so hard. I the the one chapter about the um, getting your your cars egged by some neighborhood kids, oh. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's literally like three pages of puns about chickens and eggs that you have with this conversation with the police officer who you've had come over to try to find out who they were. Right. I'm telling you, I was laughing so hard I had tears coming out of my eyes. How do you do it? Were, were you born to a funny father, a funny mother? What, where do you get it? Um, yes, on both counts. My my father, um, my, my role model, uh, he, he was just the greatest guy in the world. He had a great sense of humor. My mother is still with us. She's 97. She is um, still going strong, has a great sense of humor. Uh, as I write in the book, 
Um, she's sharper than I am, which isn't such a great accomplishment because the same could be said for cucumbers. But um, no, uh, my my parents, my sisters uh, are are very funny. Um, so I, I I I grew up. Well, I, I haven't grown up, but I mean, I was raised in a family that that was very happy and um, great humor in the uh, in the family. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, I guess I was, uh, just either inherited that or I was dropped on my head as a child. Um, and, um, I, I always wanted to, uh, to do that and to parlay that into, into a career because I found out early on that I'm spectacularly unqualified to do anything else. So, uh, <laughs> By a process of elimination, you came yeah. up with humor columnist right. and and book author. Um, it, it reminds me of a little bit. This is one thing I miss about I lived four decades in New York. I, I miss there's a certain sense of humor about that area of the country. You being from Connecticut, but living on Long Island. Right. It's, it's hard to describe to people who you know, don't come from there. But I mean, I have friends who literally like you keep me in stitches and, and they could be on Broadway alongside Jackie Mason. So funny. And it's just kind of, I I don't know if it's a New York thing. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, um, but there is a lot of funny um, going on out there. And, and you remind me of that, that culture. Um, So you, you said you were raised with funny people around you. I, I think, what could be a greater gift you give your family than to have the gift of laughter? Right. Um, how, how amazing is that? It, it is. Um, I'm not sure about the culture because my culture comes from yogurt, but um, it's, <laughs> okay. uh, um, but no, it, it, it uh, just kind of came naturally to me. And I always loved to write, as I said, and um, from high school, I, I, my goal was to, was to be silly and irresponsible and actually get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, how can I do this? And I said, I know I'll go into journalism and I'll get myself a humor column. And I did, I bluffed my way in I, 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 a year out of college. I, I walked uh, into the office of the Stanford advocate, my hometown paper, and just announced that I wanted a job. And the editor said, well, what experience do you have? I said, I don't have any. I didn't write for the high school paper. I didn't write for the college paper. And so instead of throwing me out, which he probably should have done, he gave me a test. And fortunately, it wasn't an algebra test. Um, And I, I did well enough because I was hired. But there were some questions to which I did not know the answers so instead of leaving them blank or taking half-hearted guesses, I made up the silliest, stupidest, funniest, dumbest stuff I could think of, put it down. And later on, he said, that's what got you the job. <gasps> it showed signs of creativity. And I was going to say, I didn't think you were supposed to make stuff up in a newspaper. But for once in my life, I kept my mouth shut. And he hired me. And I was... You know, a lot of things. I was a um, copy boy. I was uh, a feature writer, a sports writer. I was a city editor. Um, I, I failed miserably in one job after another until there was nothing left to do but write a humor column. And they gave me one. God bless mm-hmm. them. So wow. I, I started it in 1985. I've been doing it for 37 years. That is amazing. And, you know, 
I think people getting jobs like that can, can still happen if, yeah. if you really show up and you just kind of show how eager you are. When I started at the radio station, it's actually at one of the stations where the show is playing now in Greenwich, Connecticut. And my producer, Bob Small, I had actually called the radio station because I had decide, decided that afternoon that I called them that I wanted to work in one. And I somebody answered the phone and they said, you know, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I'll, I'll work for free if you train me. And he said, when can you start? And I said, tomorrow. <laughs> and I started that next day. And then after about a week, he said, well, we're not allowed to not pay you. So how about five bucks an hour? And you can c- clean the radio tape heads with the Q-tip. I was like, well, that's really striking stardom. But that's yep. where I got my start. And it's the same kind of moxie, I think. And I see it in interns today when I work at the radio station and I see them upcoming. And there's always a standout to somebody who you can see they want it more than anything else. And mm-hmm. so they do it like you. Now, tell me this. One thing is writing funny stuff. Another thing is doing stand up. Have you ever done stand up? Uh, I stand up a lot. Uh, <laughs> and then I sit down because I get fatigued. Um, but um, I, I do a lot of public speaking. Um, I did more before um, COVID, of course, and I'm going to go back to it. Um, And people might want to put the masks around their ears now, so they don't (laughs) hear me. But um, there's a difference between stand-up and uh, public speaking. Um, One of them is the spelling. Um, The other is with stand-up, it's got to be joke, joke, joke. And I talk about what I write about which is family foibles and the funny little things of everyday life. Mm -hmm. It's stuff that happens not just to me and my family, but to practically everyone. Um, I I just take things one step further than any normal person would take them because of course I'm not normal. Um, But this is stuff that happens to everyone. And I I talk about that and um, I interact with uh, the audience if there is one. Uh, otherwise, I talk to myself. <laughs> or your poor wife, Sue, who's lived with you for 47 years or something. Yeah. I don't say poor wife. I'm totally joking. It sounds like you guys have an absolutely marvelous relationship. We, we do. And and she must be very funny herself. It sounds like she is from, from reading your book. And he, he has a great sense of humor. We've been married for 44 years. Oh, 44. Uh, that's okay. It'll be 47 in... Uh, I'm bad at math. Three, Three years. years. <laughs> yeah. Told you I flunked algebra. Um, and uh, as I write, write in the uh, in the new book, uh, One for the Ageless, um, if it weren't for my wife, I would be either dead or in prison. Um, <laughs> she is just great. And um, we went to the same high school. We went to the same college. And... Um, I tell people that she wouldn't stop following me. So I had to marry her, but (laughs) it actually was the opposite. I, I pursued her. her. (laughs) You stalked her. No, it wasn't like, look who's stalking. But, um, (laughs) you know, we, uh, we hit it off and it's been absolutely wonderful. She's made our family what it is. That's awesome. And you have two fabulous girls, five grandkids, right. and you bring them up a lot in the stories. I love that. I 
I wonder um, what it's like being the child of someone who kind of shares their life, their lives, you know, with with the public in, in that way. But again, they grew up with you, so they're used to it. I can only imagine. Yes. And they, they do they love that their dad's a funny man and, uh, you know, <laughs> they they sometimes laugh. They sometimes roll their eyes um, and I roll their eyes back to them so they could see. Um, but, you know, when they were smaller than my daughters um, and that we were living in Stanford, um, a lot of times uh, their friends or their friends, parents or their teachers would say to them, is your father the guy who writes that goofball column in the paper? And then they say, yeah, that's him. Um, but I'm always very careful about what I write about and who I write about. Um, I don't believe in cruel or mean-spirited humor. Um, I, I poke fun at myself and um, because I'm a rich target. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe not rich, as my wife and the IRS would attest, but certainly deserving. And um, one of the nicest professional compliments I ever got was from a woman who said, I think your columns are very funny, but what I really like about them is you never put down your wife and you never use your kids for cheap laughs. Now, I'm not above trying to get cheap laughs, but again, they're at my expense. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it, it it's um, something I'm cognizant of and I don't, you know, poke fun at them or ridicule them. I, I save that yeah. for me. It's very self-deprecating, but very funny. And it just, honestly, if you need to laugh, and I would say that now more than ever in history, the world is in great need of a good laugh. By all means, run out. And even though it's Father's Day today, tell dad or tell grandpa or whatever that, or your husband, that they're, the second part of their Father's Day gift is coming soon because you just went to order it on Amazon. My guest is Jerry Zezima. One for the Ageless is his new book. One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and Immature, Even If You're Really Old, which you're not, because I can see you on Zoom right now. But Jerry Zezima, so great to talk to you. Will you come back with us after uh, our, the next, uh, what do they say, professional word from our sponsors? I would be happy to. If you want to have me back, if you're a glutton for punishment, Laura, I would love to come back. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Jerry Zezema, when we come back, humorous, uh, a columnist, and so much more. Don't go away. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Happy Father's Day, everybody. And for your listening pleasure, I brought someone that I thought would be a hoot for Father's Day. He is a humor columnist for the Tribune News Service, which distributes uh, to papers nationwide and abroad as well. He is also a public speaker. He is writing a sitcom. He's done several YouTube videos, has done a lot of TV and radio, and has written a slew of books, six of them actually. Uh, his latest is One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and the Immature, even if you're really old. And a couple of his other books, just so you know, Poppy's Excellent Adventures, Grandfather Knows Best, The Empty Nest Chronicles, and Every Day is Saturday, which um, according to Jerry Z- uh, Zazima, he says that um, they are crimes against literature. You are a very funny man. Thank you so much for joining us on Father's Day. Well, thank you for having me on Father's Day. What a 
uh, couldn't be a better day to be on. Yes. And happy Father's Day to you, I should say. Thank you. You with your two daughters, your five grandchildren, your lovely wife, Sue, who we were talking about, and um, a prolific life of writing for fun and humor. Um, I mentioned Phyllis Diller's Housekeeping Hints. Have you ever heard heard of that book? Yes. That was when I was five years old. I remember my mother was given that as a gift. And I know it, I I hope it doesn't insult you, but I remember picking it up and reading it and thinking, this is the most funny thing ever in the world. She, housekeeping hints, because Phyllis Diller had none. Remember she had that husband Fang or whatever. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yep. And anyway, I remember thinking at the time, wow, how incredible to be so funny and to be female and so funny and write you know, and things like that. So I remember at a very young age, just being drawn in by that. And then, of course, over the ages, um, you mentioned before the Irma Bombecks of the world. And yes. was it Art Buckwald? Art Buckwald, uh, Robert Benchley uh, is another uh, professional hero of mine. Um, and they were very, very funny writers. But uh, Irma Bombeck, you know, a lot of people thought, well, and, and by the way, she and Phyllis Diller were good friends. Oh. Um, and, but Irma Bombeck, um, people think, oh, that she wrote only for, uh, women or, or, or housewives. Um, and that's not true. She wrote for guys as well. Anyone who's ever had or been part of a family, which is everyone. And, uh, I'm very fortunate to be associated with the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop. Uh, my, my columns, uh, are, uh, run there as well. And I've gone out to um, Dayton, Ohio, um, to be part of the uh, the workshop. And uh, so anyway, yeah, um, Irma was was great. And so was Phyllis. Um, now you you said that you were five years old, when you read Phyllis Diller's book. Um, most five year olds are more mature than I am. So uh, this would be a sophisticated audience for me. Um, my, my grandchildren, uh, many of them are, are in that, uh, age group. Yeah. I don't know why that struck me and who would be reading. I, I'm not, I don't think there was anything untoward in the book looking back on it now. It was just pure funny, um, right. which is, is, is your brand as well. You're funny without being raunchy, without being, um, you know, condescending to anyone you really are if anything you're just self-deprecating but the rest of the humor is just pure funny you're you're i would say and you know this is you know much more about these types of writers than i do but i would say you're a master of the pun i mean goodness sakes some of your stories are just they're just riddled with fabulous funny puns and and double entendre and and it's just honestly is that something that you had to learn over time or is that just being really old and knowing all those sayings? Um, the latter. I'm uh, just kidding, by the way. No, I, if you I, could I, see I, Jerry Zezima, he, he he struck me because his book talks about being really how to stay immature, even if you're really old. He, this young guy gets on here with the, looking fabulous, like out of GQ magazine. And I'm thinking, oh, you you really you're deceiving people well um, thank you first of all um in my case gq would stand for geezers quarterly <laughs> um second i have to ask you a very important question laura mm-hmm. how's your eyesight is it good 
It is. Good. Well, in that case, that's a very nice compliment. Thank you. And I'll send the compliment back to you. But um, I, I, the, you know, where the, the wordplay comes from, it just, it just happens. And um, I actually was the winner of uh, Punderdome. It was a pun contest in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, one of my daughters found out about it and said, dad, you should, uh, you should go participate. And uh, there were like 400 people in the audience. Most of them, in fact, almost all of them, uh, a lot younger than I am. And I was up against, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 people. And I won. <laughs> I won the, the Punderdome contest. And um, so it was one of the, the highlights of my life, which will give you an idea of what my life has been like. <laughs> but um, I won a, um, a fondue maker. And naturally, I got a column out of this. So I brought the the grand prize home to my wife, who, of course, was thrilled. And at the end of the column, I said it was the least I could fondue. So, (laughs) yeah, I know. know, When you do what I do, it really helps to be shameless. So, Completely. However, it is so fun. And, you know, like I was saying before in the first segment, we're in great need of laughter right now. I I realized as I was reading your book and I literally had tears coming out of my eyes, I was laughing so hard. I realized how little I've been laughing lately Mm -hmm. and how, how gravely uh, frightening that is. I mean, because laughter is, I think it's what humans are born with. I mean, this is, we naturally gravitate towards things that make us laugh and things that are funny and a sense of humor. And, and it certainly does, you know, make life a whole lot better and is the best medicine. As they say, it's good for the bones. I think they said in the Bible and the marrow and all that kind of thing. So, you know, you're very fortunate that you said you grew up in a family that was very fun and very funny. Um, but these days, funny can take all sort of twists and turns. And what some people may find funny, other people may find, like you said, a little disturbing. Um, you have a knack of just being pure funny for funny sake. Right. And I think that that, again, is it's 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 pretty rare these days. I think it was more common maybe back. I'm I'm thinking like Flip Wilson in the 70s and, oh gosh, yeah. yep. you know, people that were just truly funny, but not necessarily super edgy and, you know, dark and things like that, because they're they're the, the funny, dark ones, too. You're mm-hmm. not that. So your books are really they're full of joy. They make you just kind of forget where you are are and what you're doing and you just laugh and sure enough you feel better um for have reading it so that's a, that's a great gift that you have well thank you i hope i don't have to return the gift uh, <laughs> but you know a lot of people have said to me you know it, it's it's like you're living in our house and my stock answer to that is actually i am living in your house and you're out of beer so please go buy some more but it, I think it's the recognition. And, you know, so much, as you said, bad stuff is going on. People need, you know, a laugh or a chuckle or a smile. And um, I'll acknowledge this is really purely for entertainment value, um, if there's any value to it at all. But um, it's it's why I do it. And um, especially now, 
people need this. So there is um, the question of, well, can you get laughs or try to get laughs in really tough times? And um, it was a challenge when, of course, COVID hit. So I would never make fun of the disease or the people who've had it or tragically passed away from it. But um, I realized that there was a, a goldmine of funny material in the quarantine because I had retired from my day job as an editor. You know, I've been writing this goofball column for about 37 years. So I continued to do that. Sue, my wife, um, was a, in education, she's a teacher, uh, and um, she was working from home remotely. And she hadn't retired yet. And she said to me one time, she said, is this what retirement's going to be like? I'm, I'm stuck in the house all day with you. And I said, yes. And it, it just naturally gravitated to the funny things that go on with people who are in the house with each other. And um, so, you know, it's a tough time, but I got a lot of humor out of it. Right. And and there's so much humor to be had if you look for it. I think it's right. certainly a perspective in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think humor to be to truly be funny is, is something that people, like you said, can relate to. And so there's a universality, mm-hmm. or a universal quality, I would imagine, you know, in your writing that, like you said, people think that you've been visiting their house or like stalking them or something because you say things that people can relate to um, without actually having known them or whatever. But, but again, you do it uh, with a lot of puns and a lot of play on language. And, and that I think is also not a lost art because you're still here, but I mean, that's, that's something where I think a lot of people don't necessarily have wordplay. Yeah. In the way that you do. And this book is just from cover to cover. It is wordplay and it's hilarious. Well, thank so, you. I don't know if it's a, it's a, if it's a lost art. Um, maybe some people would like me to get lost, um, <laughs> especially a guy named Art. But um, see, there you go. But uh, I, I just find myself sitting there writing and some of it, it just like comes to me. And uh, it, it's it's fun. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it must be hard to be a writer, especially, you know, uh, where do you come up with your ideas? And that must be very difficult. And I found out early on that, you know, um, I decided to write about, as I said earlier, you know, family foibles and the funny little things of everyday life. They happen every day. So it's not really a matter of coming up with ideas. It's what you do with them. And um, wordplay is one of the, the things. Uh, mm-hmm. The other is to actually talk to people. Um, you know, I mean, uh, people who come over uh, to, to work, uh, you know, on, on your house or something. And, you know, you strike, I'll strike up a conversation with someone and um, they'll start telling me funny stories. And then I'll tell them, you know, I'm a syndicated Newspaper columnist, I write a humor column and they tell them, you know, if, if I write about other people, it's always with a positive spin. And they said, oh, boy, if I got stories for you and there's a column. Mm-hmm. 
you know, a couple of guys came over to replace our garage doors, which is kind of useless because we can't fit a car on the garage. But um, and they had funny stories or they were funny guys themselves. So it, it's um, it's not just, you know, what happens um with me or, or with Sue or any or members of our family, although a lot of the humor is in that, but it's with other people. And uh, right. yeah, people out there are, are wonderful. They, they really are. That's absolutely true. People are wonderful. And you're one of those types of comedians. You're not the, the dark, tortured soul who can turn on the funny in, in front of people, but behind closed doors, you're like, you know, drinking yourself to death or anything like that. Right. Um, not that there's anything funny about that at all, no. but you know, I just, I think there you're living proof that you can live a life of humor and funny and, and actually make a living from it and actually be a happy person. You seem like an extremely happy man oh, yeah. uh, with a happy family. It just comes out of your, in your books and it's just a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think people need that too. Now also, I, I you know, a lot of us, you know, are, are looking for connection and especially some of us being, you know, I was quarantining by myself and my cats. So you thought it was funny. You and your wife, you try being alone with two cats for six weeks straight um, and nobody to talk to. But uh, anyway, and I ended up in Indiana as a result of that. Look at what happened. I was in New York sitting in my house for six weeks. And the next thing I knew I had my house on the market and I was in Indiana. So, but, and I am, and I'm happy to be here. I I love and miss New York and Connecticut very much. They were my home for all these decades, but it's great to be in the Midwest with my mom and dad, all my families here, all the cousins, all the, and it's uh, good. Well, family is the most important thing. Um, And it, it, you know, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, uh, there aren't, um, you know, challenges and in, in fa- even the happiest families. Um, but I think it's important to try to see the humor in things when they happen. You know, so often people will say, oh, remember that time, you know, last year, two years ago, 20 years ago. Oh, that was so funny. At the time, they didn't think so. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the key is to is to um, see the humor in things when they happen. Just very quickly, a couple of quick stories. When my daughters were in high school, um, they uh, the, the the fashion, the style was to wear plaid flannel pajama bottoms <laughs> to school. Yes. So my daughters, of course, had always thought that I'm the most uncool man in America. So. I decided to prove them wrong. And for one day and one day only, I wore pajamas to work. <laughs> and, but my wife sent me out on errands before that. I went to the bank. I went to the post office. <laughs> Nobody wanted to make eye contact with me. And um, I ended up getting a column out of it. And my daughter said, dad, you're so cool. It was the ultimate compliment. It was the last time I ever heard that, but I got a column out of it, but I didn't ridicule my daughters. I, I, I poked fun at myself. The other quick story was when one of my daughters was home from college, her room at home looked like a bomb went off in it. Typical college students room, you know, it was a mess. So Sue, my wife said, um, her room is a disaster area. 
So, because I think differently from most people, fortunately for most people, I decided to see if I could have it officially declared a disaster area. So I would be eligible for state or federal funds to clean it up. <laughs> and I called the governor's office. I actually called the White House. Um, yeah. You did not. I did. I, I uh, George W. Bush was in office at the time. and He and Mrs. Bush have two daughters the same ages as mine. So I wanted to know if the president um, and Mrs. Bush thought that their daughter's rooms were disaster areas. And Mrs. Bush's press secretary got on the phone and she said that would be classified information. And <laughs> I just looked up at the ceiling. I said, thank you, God. I wrote it. My daughter thought it was hilarious. But again, I didn't right. ridicule her. And I think the little lesson in all this is if this is the worst kind of stuff your kids do, you're pretty darn lucky. But a lot right. of people get all ticked off at the time. And then later on, do they see the, the humor in it? Oh. And now I've got five grandchildren. And um, as I said, they're, they're more mature than I am. Um, they range in age from nine to almost three. And they're the joys of my life. And um, so I've written you know, a lot about them, too, but always with a positive and loving. Always with a positive and a, a, a really, a, once again, a beautiful perspective of nothing but humor, puns and wordplay. Jerry Zezima, you're one of the greats as far as I'm concerned. I hope more people learn about you and go immediately uh, to Amazon or wherever they get their books and order at least your latest one, if not all of them. The latest one is One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and Immature, Even If You're Really Old. If you want to literally laugh your head off until you're crying, buy Jerry Zezima's book. It is fabulous. And I'm telling you, it is truly the antidote for the the somewhat ailing planet and world we're living in at the moment. You remember who you are as a species when you laugh that hard. It's just a great reminder of what's important in life. Jerry Zezima, thank you so much. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you for coming on on your special day. I hope your daughters aren't mad at me. No, they are not. And um, I uh, love being on. I really appreciate your asking me to come on. You're you're very brave to ask me to come on. And I, I had a ball. <laughs> you're terrific. So are you. Jerry Zezima, that's Z-E-Z-I-M-A. Jerry Zezima, one for the ageless, by the book. Happy Father's Day, everyone. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Hope you have been enjoying the Father's Day edition of The Way Home. A lot of fun with Jerry Zezima. His great book, One for the Ageless, How to Stay Young and Immature, Even if You're Really Old. I think that would maybe uh, uh, well pertain to, to the three of us running the show right now. Jimmy Dean, you look really young. I don't. I wouldn't say you're immature, but you have a really youthful spirit. That's what yeah, they say. Why do you look so young? I say, well, maybe it's good genetics. I don't know. Yeah, you don't have a single gray hair. Where on the other hand, Bob does, but he never ages. He's had gray hair since I've known him for the last twenty five years. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So he's just a silver fox at this point, and uh, but still looks exactly the same as he did twenty five years ago when I walked in the radio station. So uh, both of you, Dorian Gray. 
Dorian Gray. Okay. <laughs> I keep the painting right. in the back. Great. Well, oh, very funny. Well, you both are not dads specifically, but I know that you take care of a lot of uh, dogs. So you're like a dog godfather. You call yourself, Jim. Mm -hmm. The god poppy of dogs or whatever they say there. The god poppy of dogs. And I know that you're an an uncle to some fabulous, uh, you know, nephews, right, Bobby? Oh, yeah. So not necessarily dads, but you play a wonderful figure in these people's lives. And I think that sometimes that's all it takes uh, for people is to have at least one person that they can look up to who looks out for them, someone with great wisdom and who cares about them. So I put you guys in that category. How about, what was your dad's name, Bob? Same as mine. Although I wasn't the third because he had no middle names. I do have middle names, but his dad was Robert. He was Robert and I'm Robert. (laughs) Well, and isn't that interesting, but you can't, you're not the third. Are you the second? Uh, No. I mean, if I, at least this is what I've been told because of the fact of I have middle names and different middle names and whatever. Maybe I, I am why the they, third. Maybe it's just easier to say, yes, I'm the third. Yes. It's, it's kind of like Hurst, Thurston Howell. It sounds very important. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. And you, Jimmy Dean, what is your great father? I know that um, he passed, sadly, this year. But yes. uh, you have such beautiful memories. He, I mean, I, your, your family posts things on Facebook about him, including yourself. And what a great, great guy. And uh, he just seemed like he lit up the world with his fabulous sense of humor and yeah, his, he did. I mean, and to, loved and, his family and to anybody who lost their dad on this father's day i mean my heart is really with you i feel your pain because I, I went through this myself absolutely and and we're with you on that um anyone who yeah is experiencing that sense of loss uh i totally want to send the love out there well what we do at this point in the program is we like to leave you with some good news stories that jimmy dean has found out on the interweb of life and uh, i never read them before so he's always surprising me so let's get started what's number one well speaking of father's day this is kind of a poignant story uh talk about uh, fathers and what they meant to uh their their daughters in this particular case we'll tell you a story what happened in north carolina during a routine traffic stop and it really ended up just really really memorable it's something they're never going to forget A young uh, 39-year-old woman, Ashley Wilkerson, was uh, driving her dad home, uh, Teddy uh, Geddes, from his routine uh, chemotherapy appointment at Duke University, and they lived in South Carolina, and when they had a traffic stop, apparently she was speeding, maybe going a little bit above the speed limit. She didn't know how quickly it was, and then the officer uh, comes right behind them. They see the blue lights, say, oh, God, I'm going to get a traffic ticket. I'm in trouble, right? Well, anyway, the officer, Jared Doty, uh, stopped them, and... He said to her, do you know how fast you were going? He said, oh, it must have been over the speed limit. She must have realized that. And she figures, all right, I'm going to get a ticket. Well, not exactly here. The officer says, well, give me the license and registration. He gives her the usual thing. He checks her record. And her dad was right beside her. And uh, he always defended his daughter. He said to the officer, look, this is my baby girl. She just drove me back from my chemotherapy appointment. So the officer goes back to the car. And yes, she got a warning ticket. That's all it was. But he also did something extra special for her. He said, can I say a prayer for you? And your dad said, yeah, sure, because uh, he's very religious. He believes in the power of prayer. And so he did that. And along the way, he gave her a small silver cross that he pressed into her hand as kind of a memento. He had that with him. And 
Well, sadly, a couple of months later, her dad, unfortunately, died at the age of 61, rest his soul. But she was able to keep that memento, and she gave that to her mom, and eventually, after he passed, she got that silver cross back. And she posted all of this this wonderful thing on social media, giving a tribute to her dad, saying it's daddy's girl forever, uh, he's forever, the, the greatest person in the world. And as I said at the top before we did this story, again, to anybody who lost their dad, as I said, I'm really with you, and I'm sure you know she's feeling his spirit because of what had happened. I, great job by that officer. That was really sweet. You know what? I think when people go above and beyond, they see their their jobs as something as a not a platform necessarily, but, you know, an opportunity to bring their loving spirituality. We were talking about the beginning of the show of the triad of health. And Dr. Howard already says that spirituality is part of the of being truly healthy. And so, yeah, so I think a lot yesterday I on the same vein, I my Amazon driver dropped off something at my house and it was a hundred degrees. And I said, listen, I hope you stay, stay hydrated. He looked warm and he said, Oh, definitely I am. And he said, you have a blessed day. He said to me, and I thought, you know what, just that loving departing words from this stranger, basically, I instantly felt connected with him that he would go out of his way to say something like that to me. And I was feeling a little bit, well, I was hot and I was training my new puppy and, and I kind of felt like I needed to hear that. And I was so grateful for it. So to that officer who did that, to that young woman with her dad in the car, you know, oh, I love that. I back the blue. I, you know, that for whatever is going on in the world, the majority of our officers are beautiful, decent people who truly want to help humanity. So I am... Yeah, that's a great story. Well, I love it. It always makes my day to hear something so, you know, of humanity, loving on humanity. I just think that's the way, uh, that's what's going to save the world and including great dads. So thank you both, my my heroes. Thank you, Uh, Bob Small, my engineer, who is, and so much more, dear friend, and and Jim Cleefield, Jimmy Dean. I love you tons, too. Thank you for all you do uh, for the program and beyond. And uh, to everyone listening, as I said, happy Father's Day to those of you celebrating. And if you have lost your father recently, like Jimmy over here, just know that our love is with you and our thoughts and prayers as well. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Stay cool. Stay hot. Depending on where you live. And just have a beautiful week all around. We'll see you next time on The Way Home. I'm Laura Smith. Laura Smith.